Welcome to Immerse Prophets reading for week 10, day 46. Zedekiah, son of Josiah, succeeded Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, as the king of Judah. He was appointed by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. But neither King Zedekiah, nor his attendants, nor the people who were left in the land, listened to what the Lord said through Jeremiah. Nevertheless, King Zedekiah sent Jehuchal, son of Shelemiah, and Zephaniah the priest, son of Maaseah, to ask Jeremiah, Please pray to the Lord our God for us. Jeremiah had not yet been imprisoned, so he could come and go among the people as he pleased. At this time, the army of Pharaoh, Hophra of Egypt, appeared at the southern border of Judah. When the Babylonian army heard about it, they withdrew from their siege of Jerusalem. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The king of Judah sent you to ask me what is going to happen. Tell him, Pharaoh's army is about to return to Egypt, though he came here to help you. Then the Babylonians will come back and capture this city and burn it to the ground. This is what the Lord says. Do not fool yourselves into thinking that the Babylonians are gone for good. They aren't. Even if you were to destroy the entire Babylonian army, leaving only a handful of wounded survivors, they would still stagger from their tents and burn this city to the ground. When the Babylonian army left Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's approaching army, Jeremiah started to leave the city on his way to the territory of Benjamin to claim his share of the property among his relatives there. But as he was walking through the Benjamin gate, a century arrested him and said, You are defecting to the Babylonians. The century making the arrest was Erijah, son of Shelemiah, grandson of Hananiah. That's not true, Jeremiah protested. I had no intention of doing any such thing. But Erijah wouldn't listen, and he took Jeremiah before the officials. They were furious with Jeremiah and had him flogged and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan the secretary. Jonathan's house had been converted into a prison. Jeremiah was put into a dungeon cell where he remained for many days. Later, King Zedekiah secretly requested that Jeremiah come to the palace, where the king asked him, Do you have any messages from the Lord? Yes, I do, said Jeremiah. You will be defeated by the king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah asked the king, What crime have I committed? What have I done against you, your attendants, or the people that I should be imprisoned like this? Where are your prophets now, who told you the king of Babylon would not attack you or this land? Listen, my lord the king, I beg you, don't send me back to the dungeon in the house of Jonathan the secretary, for I will die there. So King Zedekiah commanded that Jeremiah not be returned to the dungeon. Instead, he was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. The king also commanded that Jeremiah be given a loaf of fresh bread every day, as long as there was any left in the city. So Jeremiah was put in the palace prison. Now Shephatiah, son of Matan, Gedaliah, son of Pasher, Jehuchal, son of Shalemiah, and Pasher, son of Malchijah, heard what Jeremiah had been telling the people. He had been saying, This is what the Lord says. Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from war, famine, or disease, but those who surrender to the Babylonians will live. Their reward will be life. They will live. 
The Lord also says, The city of Jerusalem will certainly be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon, who will capture it. So these officials went to the king and said, Sir, this man must die. That kind of talk will undermine the morale of the few fighting men we have left, as well as that of all the people. This man is a traitor. King Zedekiah agreed. All right, he said, do as you like. I can't stop you. So the officials took Jeremiah from his cell and lowered him by ropes into an empty cistern in the prison yard. It belonged to Malchijah, a member of the royal family. There was no water in the cistern, but there was a thick layer of mud at the bottom, and Jeremiah sank down into it. But Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, an important court official, heard that Jeremiah was in the cistern. At that time the king was holding court at the Benjamin Gate, so Ebed-Melech rushed from the palace to speak with him. My lord the king, he said, these men have done a very evil thing in putting Jeremiah the prophet into the cistern. He will soon die of hunger, for almost all the bread in the city is gone. So the king told Ebed-Melech, Take thirty of my men with you, and pull Jeremiah out of the cistern before he dies. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went to a room in the palace beneath the treasury, where he found some old rags and discarded clothing. He carried these to the cistern and lowered them to Jeremiah on a rope. Ebed-Melech called down to Jeremiah, Put these rags under your armpits to protect you from the ropes. Then when Jeremiah was ready, they pulled him out. So Jeremiah was returned to the courtyard of the guard, the palace prison, where he remained. One day, King Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah and had him brought to the third entrance of the Lord's temple. I want to ask you something, the king said, and don't try to hide the truth. Jeremiah said, If I tell you the truth, you will kill me, and if I give you advice, you won't listen to me anyway. So King Zedekiah secretly promised him, As surely as the Lord our Creator lives, I will not kill you or hand you over to the men who want you dead. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, This is what the Lord God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. If you surrender to the Babylonian officers, you and your family will live, and the city will not be burned down. But if you refuse to surrender, you will not escape. This city will be handed over to the Babylonians, and they will burn it to the ground. But I am afraid to surrender, the king said. For the Babylonians may hand me over to the Judeans, who have defected to them, and who knows what they will do to me. Jeremiah replied, You won't be handed over to them if you choose to obey the Lord. Your life will be spared, and all will go well for you. But if you refuse to surrender, this is what the Lord has revealed to me. All the women left in your palace will be brought out and given to the officers of the Babylonian army. Then the women will taunt you, saying, What fine friends you have! They have betrayed and misled you. When your feet sank in the mud, they left you to your fate. All your wives and children will be led out to the Babylonians, and you will not escape. You will be seized by the king of Babylon, and this city will be burned down. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, Don't tell anyone you told me this, or you will die. My officials may hear that I spoke to you, and they may say, Tell us what you and the king were talking about. If you don't tell us, we will kill you. 
If this happens, just tell them you begged me not to send you back to Jonathan's dungeon, for fear you would die there. Sure enough, it wasn't long before the king's officials came to Jeremiah and asked him why the king had called for him. But Jeremiah followed the king's instructions, and they left without finding out the truth. No one had overheard the conversation between Jeremiah and the king, and Jeremiah remained a prisoner in the courtyard of the guard until the day Jerusalem was captured. In January of the ninth year of King Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with his entire army to besiege Jerusalem. Two and a half years later, on July 18th, in the eleventh year of Zedekiah's reign, a section of the city wall was broken down. All the officers of the Babylonian army came in and sat in triumph at the middle gate. Nergal Sharizer of Samgar, and Nebo Sarsakim, a chief officer, and Nergal Sharizer, the king's advisor, and all the other officers of the king of Babylon. When King Zedekiah of Judah and all the soldiers saw that the Babylonians had broken into the city, they fled. They waited for nightfall and then slipped through the gate between the two walls behind the king's garden and headed toward the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonian troops chased them and overtook Zedekiah on the plains of Jericho. They captured him and took him to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who was at Riblah in the land of Hamath. There the king of Babylon pronounced judgment upon Zedekiah. The king of Babylon made Zedekiah watch as he slaughtered his sons at Riblah. The king of Babylon also slaughtered all the nobles of Judah. Then he gouged out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him in bronze chains to lead him away to Babylon. Meanwhile, the Babylonians burned Jerusalem, including the royal palace and the houses of the people, and they tore down the walls of the city. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took as exiles to Babylon the rest of the people who remained in the city, those who had defected to him, and everyone else who remained. But Nebuzaradan allowed some of the poorest people to stay behind in the land of Judah, and he assigned them to care for the vineyards and fields. King Nebuchadnezzar had told Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, to find Jeremiah. See that he isn't hurt, he said. Look after him well, and give him anything he wants. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, Nebuchadnezzar, a chief officer, Nergal Sharizer, the king's advisor, and the other officers of Babylon's king sent messengers to bring Jeremiah out of the prison. They put him under the care of Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, who took him back to his home. So Jeremiah stayed in Judah among his own people. The Lord had given the following message to Jeremiah while he was still in prison. Say to Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. I will do to this city everything I have threatened. I will send disaster, not prosperity. You will see its destruction, but I will rescue you from those you fear so much. Because you trusted me, I will give you your life as a reward. I will rescue you and keep you safe. I, the Lord, have spoken. The Lord gave a message to Jeremiah after Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had released him at Ramah. He had found Jeremiah bound in chains among all the other captives of Jerusalem and Judah who were being sent to exile in Babylon. 
the captain of the guard called for Jeremiah and said, The Lord your God has brought this disaster on this land, just as he said he would. For these people have sinned against the Lord and disobeyed him. That is why it happened. But I am going to take off your chains and let you go. If you want to come with me to Babylon, you are welcome. I will see that you are well cared for. But if you don't want to come, you may stay here. The whole land is before you. Go wherever you like. If you decide to stay, then return to Gedaliah son of Ahikam and grandson of Shaphan. He has been appointed governor of Judah by the king of Babylon. Stay there with the people he rules. But it's up to you. Go wherever you like. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, gave Jeremiah some food and money and let him go. So Jeremiah returned to Gedaliah son of Ahikam at Mizpah, and he lived in Judah with the few who were still left in the land. The leaders of the Judean military groups in the countryside heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah son of Ahikam as governor over the poor people who were left behind in Judah, the men, women, and children who hadn't been exiled to Babylon. So they went to see Gedaliah at Mizpah. These included Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, Johanan, and Jonathan, sons of Kareah, Sereah, son of Tanhumeth, the sons of Ephi, the Netophathite, Jezaniah, son of the Maacathite, and all their men. Gedaliah vowed to them that the Babylonians meant them no harm. Don't be afraid to serve them. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and all will go well for you, he promised. As for me, I will stay at Mizpah, to represent you before the Babylonians who come to meet with us. Settle in the towns you have taken, and live off the land. Harvest the grapes and summer fruits and olives, and store them away. When the Judeans in Moab, Ammon, Edom, and the other nearby countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a few people in Judah, and that Gedaliah was the governor, they began to return to Judah from the places to which they had fled. They stopped at Mizpah to meet with Gedaliah, and then went into the Judean countryside to gather a great harvest of grapes and other crops. Soon after this, Johanan son of Korea and the other military leaders came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. They said to him, Did you know that Baalis, king of Ammon, has sent Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, to assassinate you? But Gedaliah refused to believe them. Later, Johanan had a private conference with Gedaliah and volunteered to kill Ishmael secretly. Why should we let him come and murder you? Johanan asked. What will happen then to the Judeans who have returned? Why should the few of us who are still left be scattered and lost? But Gedaliah said to Johanan, I forbid you to do any such thing, for you are lying about Ishmael. But in mid-autumn of that year, Ishmael son of Nethaniah and grandson of Elishama, who was a member of the royal family and had been one of the king's high officials, went to Mizpah with ten men to meet Gedaliah. While they were eating together, Ishmael and his ten men suddenly jumped up, drew their swords, and killed Gedaliah, whom the king of Babylon had appointed governor. Ishmael also killed all the Judeans and the Babylonian soldiers who were with Gedaliah at Mizpah. The next day, before anyone had heard about Gedaliah's murder, eighty men arrived from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria to worship at the temple of the Lord. 
They had shaved off their beards, torn their clothes, and cut themselves, and had brought along grain offerings and frankincense. Ishmael left Mizpah to meet them, weeping as he went. When he reached them, he said, Oh, come and see what has happened to Gedaliah. But as soon as they were all inside the town, Ishmael and his men killed all but ten of them, and threw their bodies into a cistern. The other ten had talked Ishmael into letting them go, by promising to bring him their stores of wheat, barley, olive oil, and honey that they had hidden away. The cistern where Ishmael dumped the bodies of the men he murdered was the large one dug by King Asa when he fortified Mizpah to protect himself against King Baasha of Israel. Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, filled it with corpses. Then Ishmael made captives of the king's daughters and the other people who had been left under Gedaliah's care in Mizpah by Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard. Taking them with him, he started back toward the land of Ammon. But when Johanan, son of Korea, and the other military leaders heard about Ishmael's crimes, they took all their men and set out to stop him. They caught up with him at the large pool near Gibeon. The people Ishmael had captured shouted for joy when they saw Johanan and the other military leaders. And all the captives from Mizpah escaped and began to help Johanan. Meanwhile, Ishmael and eight of his men escaped from Johanan into the land of Ammon. Then Johanan, son of Korea, and the other military leaders took all the people they had rescued in Gibeon, the soldiers, women, children, and court officials whom Ishmael had captured after he killed Gedaliah. They took them all to the village of Giruth Kimham, near Bethlehem, where they prepared to leave for Egypt. They were afraid of what the Babylonians would do when they heard that Ishmael had killed Gedaliah, the governor appointed by the Babylonian king. Then all the military leaders, including Johanan son of Korea, and Jezaniah son of Hoshea, and all the people, from the least to the greatest, approached Jeremiah the prophet. They said, Please pray to the Lord your God for us. As you can see, we are only a tiny remnant compared to what we were before. Pray the Lord your God will show us what to do and where to go. All right, Jeremiah replied, I will pray to the Lord your God, as you have asked, and I will tell you everything he says. I will hide nothing from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, May the Lord your God be a faithful witness against us if we refuse to obey whatever he tells us to do. Whether we like it or not, we will obey the Lord our God, to whom we are sending you with our plea. For if we obey him, everything will turn out well for us. Ten days later, the Lord gave his reply to Jeremiah. So he called for Johanan son of Korea and the other military leaders, and for all the people from the least to the greatest. He said to them, You sent me to the Lord, the God of Israel, with your request. And this is his reply. Stay here in this land. If you do, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. For I am sorry about all the punishment I have had to bring upon you. Do not fear the king of Babylon any more, says the Lord. For I am with you and will save you and rescue you from his power. I will be merciful to you by making him kind, so he will let you stay here in your land. But if you refuse to obey the Lord your God, and if you say, We will not stay here, 
Instead, we will go to Egypt, where we will be free from war, the call to arms, and hunger. Then hear the Lord's message to the remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. If you are determined to go to Egypt and live there, the very war and famine you fear will catch up to you, and you will die there. That is the fate awaiting every one of you who insists on going to live in Egypt. Yes, you will die from war, famine, and disease. None of you will escape the disaster I will bring upon you there. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Just as my anger and fury have been poured out on the people of Jerusalem, so they will be poured out on you when you enter Egypt. You will be an object of damnation, horror, cursing, and mockery, and you will never see your homeland again. Listen, you remnant of Judah. The Lord has told you, do not go to Egypt. Don't forget this warning I have given you today. For you were not being honest when you sent me to pray to the Lord your God for you. You said, Just tell us what the Lord our God says, and we will do it. And today I have told you exactly what he said. But you will not obey the Lord your God any better now than you have in the past. So you can be sure that you will die from war, famine, and disease in Egypt, where you insist on going. When Jeremiah had finished giving this message from the Lord their God to all the people, Azariah son of Hoshea and Johanan son of Kareah and all the other proud men said to Jeremiah, You lie. The Lord our God hasn't forbidden us to go to Egypt. Barak son of Neriah has convinced you to say this, because he wants us to stay here and be killed by the Babylonians or be carried off into exile. So Johanan and the other military leaders and all the people refused to obey the Lord's command to stay in Judah. Johanan and the other leaders took with them all the people who had returned from the nearby countries to which they had fled. In the crowd were men, women, and children, the king's daughters, and all those whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had left with Gedaliah. The prophet Jeremiah and Barak were also included. The people refused to obey the voice of the Lord and went to Egypt, going as far as the city of Tapanes. This concludes today's Immerse Reading Experience. Thank you for joining us.